0: You are listening to The Bible Breakthrough with Pastor David Engman and Scott Brecky. In this study, we will break down the Bible from B.C. to A.D. chronologically while offering historical context and real-life application for today. This series is brought to you by the Breakthrough Media Network.
1: Hi, my name is Pastor Dave Engman, and this is my co-host, Scott Brecky. And we want to welcome you to the Bible Breakthrough, and we want to thank you for joining us. Ultimately, our goal is to lead you into a deeper, more intimate relationship with Jesus.
2: Yeah, and then the show notes will be linked in the description of this episode.
1: In the last episode, we read Genesis 9, 1 through 17, repopulating the earth, and we watched as God confirmed his new covenant. The scripture we're going to cover today is Genesis 9, 18 through chapter 10, verse 1, about Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The questions that you should be considering as you listen are, what does this mean, and how can I apply what I'm learning to my life?
2: Yep. So before we read the Bible, let us pray like we always do. So Lord, uh, first of all, we love you. We thank you for letting us be able to do this, Lord. This is a privilege to be able to do this, Lord, and have fun doing it. Um, Lord, teach us as we teach others As we want to be like you In Jesus' name, amen
1: Amen All right, so Let us open the Bible And read, starting In Genesis chapter 9 Verse 18 By the way,
2: before you start Good luck with all the names
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is a challenge. Lord, help him. This is a challenge. (laughs) The sons of Noah who came out of the boat with their father were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham is the father of Canaan. From these three sons of Noah came all the people who now populate the earth. After the flood, Noah began to cultivate the ground, and he planted a vineyard. One day, he drank some wine that he had made and he became drunk and lay naked inside his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw that his father was naked and went outside, and he told his brothers. Then Shem and Japheth took a robe, held it over their shoulders, and backed into the tent to cover their father. As they did this, they looked the other way so that they would not see him naked. When Noah woke up from his stupor, He learned what Ham, his youngest son, had done. Then he cursed Canaan, the son of Ham. May Canaan be cursed. May he be the lowest of servants to his relatives. Then Noah said, May the Lord, the God of Shem, be blessed, and may Canaan be his servant. May God expand the territory of Japheth. May Japheth share the prosperity of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. Noah lived another 350 years after the great flood. He lived 950 years and then died. This is the account of the families of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, the three sons of Noah. Many children were born to them after the great flood. So the descendants of Japheth were Gomer, Magog, Madai, Javan, Tubal, Meshech, and Tyrus. The descendants of Gomer were Ashkenaz, Ripaph, and Togamoth. The descendants of Javan were Elisha, Tarshish, Kittim, and Rodahim. Their descendants became the seafaring peoples that spread out to various lands, each identified by its own language, clan, and national destiny. The descendants of Ham were Cush, Mizraim, Put, and Canaan. The descendants of Cush were Seba, Havilah, Sabta, Rema, and Sabtika. The descendants of Ramah were Sheba and Dedan. Cush was also the ancestor of Nimrod, who was the first heroic warrior on the earth. Since he was the greatest hunter in the world, his name became proverbial. People would say, this man is like Nimrod, the greatest hunter in the world. He built his kingdom in the land of Babylonia with the cities of Babylon. Erech, Akkad, and Kalna. From there, he expanded his territory to Assyria, building the cities of Nineveh, Robotai Ar, Kela, and Resin, the great city located between Nineveh and Kela. Mizraim was the ancestor of the Ludites, Anamites, Lebanites, Naphahutites, Pathrites, Casualites, and Caperitites, from whom the Philistines came. Canaan's oldest son was Sidon, the ancestor of the Sidonians. Canaan was also the ancestor of the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, Girgashites, Hivites, Archites, Sinites, Arvadites, Zamorites, and Hamilites. The Canaanites, the Canaanite clans eventually spread out, and the territory of Canaan extended from Sidon in the north to Garar in, and Gaza in the south, and east as far as Sodom, Gomorrah, Admah, and Zeboin near Lashish. These were the descendants of Ham, identified by Clan, language, territory, and national identity. Sons were also born to Shem, the older brother of Japheth. Shem was the ancestor of all the descendants of Ebar. The descendants of Shem were Elam, Ashur, Arfaxt, Lud, and Aram. The descendants of Aram were Uz, Hul, Gether, and Mash. Arfax was the father of Shelah, and Shelah was the father of Eber. Eber had two sons. The first was named Peleg, which means division. For during his lifetime, the people of the world were divided into different language groups. His brother's name was Joktan. Joktan was the ancestor of Elmodad, Shelef, Hazar naveth Jera, Haderam, Uzai, Dikla, Obal, Abimal, Sheba, Ofer, Havilah, and Job. Jebal—all of these descendants—all of these were descendants of Joktan. The territory they occupied extended from Mesha all the way to Sephar in the eastern mountains. These were the descendants of Shem, identified by clan language, territory, and national identity. These are the clans that descended from Noah's sons, arranged by nations according to their lines of descent. All the nations of the earth descended from these clans after the Great Flood. So, that was a mouthful of names. (laughs) You got through it, though. And we certainly work to honor those names. Yeah. Scott, what, what are the facts of the scripture that, that you discovered or as you see them?
2: Yep. So I got five facts here. <clears throat> the first one is the whole earth is repopulated by Noah's three sons. Uh, the second one is uh, the sin of Ham. And then we have uh, uh, Noah's curse towards Canaan, Ham's son. And then the fourth is the death of Noah at nine hundred and fifty years old. And then we have the families listed of j Ham and Shem. Mm. Yeah. So um, and then we'll just jump in the key points. So the first one I think is interesting because I'm not sure if it's a, a sin that he knew he was doing or if it was by mistake. So I just wrote down uh, the first key point is You know what Noah had did, right? And he got drunk. Um, You know, was that a a sin that he knew he was doing, or was it more of like by mistake? And obviously, we see some things that happen after it. The kind of shame comes. Someone comes in, and he's, you know, obviously with drunkenness. If he knew it or not, he's naked, and then he's seen by his son, and then all of a sudden, these effects happen because. Of that drunkenness, and then of course this is the first time we hear of drunkenness in the uh, in the Bible. And guess what? It doesn't come with anything good. So uh, my question to you is: you know, Do you do we know, or do you think that Noah, you know, he got he got wasted on purpose? Do you think it was on on accident? Um, you know, what are what are his, the consequences of that? Um, uh, what do you think? What do you think of that that part of getting drunk and, and knowing it or not? or
1: Well, whether he set out to do that intentionally or not is mm-hmm. obviously open for debate mm-hmm. because it doesn't say that he did that intentionally. Right. Um, and of course, as you already mentioned, um, we don't read of anybody else doing that up until this point. Um, I think the point of the story is the fact that the son um, that discovered him dishonored him Mm -hmm. and uh, shows somewhat of a lack of respect. He could have done what his two brothers did in covering him and and just protecting his father's dignity and his father's honor. Mm -hmm. And that would have shown a great deal of respect and because he didn't do that, um, and I don't know, based on what we read, how he told his brothers. Was he laughing about it, joking around? Did he Was he right. making fun of his dad? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the reality is this. Noah was his father. Because of Noah's righteousness, Noah, Noah's family, including the three sons, were included on the ark. Yeah. The father honored his family and his son dishonored him. Mm. So there's a consequence, and I think there's an application that could be made there as it pertains to one of the commandments, and we read about later on that Mm -hmm. Moses got from from the Lord in regards to honoring our parents. I think it's just something for us to think about, not just with our father or our mother, but with anybody that's in a position of leadership. Right. That you choose to come under, uh, or you simply come under because of birthright, Mm -hmm. and so I think we need to, you know, pause there for a moment. Just really consider how important honoring people, uh, how 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 important it is to God. Yeah. Well, what would
2: be what would be one way that you would, you know, outside of the story, what would one be like? One way that you would honor or respect someone who is in leadership. Like, say that, you know, you were, I don't know, maybe you use the example of a job coming underneath leadership in that, or maybe I could even speak into that a little bit, but what what would be one way of showing honor or respect? Obviously, well, in this story, it was you know, the Father, but...
1: I think of it from the perspective of, you know, the chair that I sit in, and in, at least in ministry, you know. I think every one of us, everyone is subjected to the temptations of sin daily. Yeah. And though we are righteous in the sight of the Lord, made right before God the Father, we still are prone to sin. And when mm-hmm. we do, when we step into temptation and we sin, an example would be um, honoring a, a spiritual father, for example, not making um, that sin known publicly.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, honoring in the way uh, Shem and Jepeth did uh, in in protecting the dignity of the individual, yeah, and recognizing that we're prone to sin, we need, especially in the body of Christ, we need to be um, able to trust and and uh, respect and uh, in, in, in to protect one another. The uh, enemy of our soul is constantly lurking. like -hmm. a a lion or a tiger ready to pounce on us. Right. right. And the last thing we need is somebody within our inner circle, somebody who's close to us, um, giving the enemy an open door to ridicule us or to diminish us in some way. So that'd be an example. Mm
2: -hmm. That's good. I like that. I thought it was interesting, just before we jump out of that, that um, Ephesians talks about this as a... uh, you know, honoring your father and your mother is this is kind of the first commandment with the promise. So if you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, I see, you know, we see that. Um, I try to do the best I can at honoring people. Obviously, I'm still learning through that, but honoring, respecting um, my parents as as I grew up, that they're the head of the house and listening to them because generally I just knew as being, the young kid growing up, they probably knew better than me. Mm-hmm. So the more I listened to them, even though I didn't want to, and sure I made mistakes of not listening at times. We see just like the story when I, when I, uh, when I disrespected my parents, things tended not to go as well. So, so just honoring your father and mother, I think that's cool that he gives us that promise that we'll live a long life on this earth. So, mm-hmm. um, so uh, let's move into like the the cursing of. Um, Canaan and I, I want I'm just curious about this because I tried to dive into this a little bit and I was kind of wrestling because I'm like you know why is it that that Canaan gets cursed but it's not Ham who does the actual you know uh, uh, disrespecting of his father why does he throw the curse on Ham but you know Instead of uh, instead of putting it on Ham's son, which is Canaan.
1: Well, I think he did. He does. I think he did. I mean, and he did it by by putting that curse on on, Ham, on Ham's son, Canaan. Okay. Uh, what it what it exposes, at least from my perspective, is it exposes the iniquities of our fathers mm. and the propensity of sin to flow through the. The bloodline, uh, the sins of the forefathers, Yeah. to how many generations, you know? And in this case, we can see that um, the sin of Ham, although we probably all would think to ourselves, boy, that was pretty harsh, right? Like, yeah. this is a pretty harsh consequence yeah. for something that doesn't necessarily seem to be that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. It points to just how big of a deal protecting the honor of a, mm-hmm. and the dignity of a mother and a father really is to God. Yeah. Because God is the father of all humanity.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And mm-hmm. we must see the example that he used to set the stage for a life well lived. And I'm hoping we see the correlation there. Now, Canaan, um, being the son, I mean, we uh, we we get to see, and it's interesting when you look at it. We get to see the breakdown of the of the um, descendants of each of these sons. Sure. For example, with Ham, what we see is the descendants are the Canaanites, the Egyptians, the Philistines, the Hittites, and the Amorites. Now. Mm-hmm. You know, at this juncture in Bible history, where we're at right now, we don't have. um, If 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 we're living in that period, we don't have the uh, um, the ability like we do today to look back and see what played out. Right. We don't have that 2020 vision vision as we look backwards. Sure, but. You know, we are here uh, in today's present time, in 2022. And what we're seeing now, as we look back, is we can see that Israel's enemies were the Canaanites, the Egyptians, the Philistines, the Hittites, and the Amorites. So they
2: all came through the descendants of Ham.
1: It all all flowed, Hmm. starting with Ham, then to Canaan. That region of Canaan contained all of these tribes. That's
2: interesting. Pick that up.
1: And I look at Japheth for a minute, you know, and we, we see the Greeks. Um, sure. And they represented to us in the modern era of the New Testament, mm-hmm. the Gentiles to a certain extent, any unbeliever that wasn't a Jew, but, but we know that the Greek language and the people of Greece mm-hmm. um, played an important role. And then when you look at Shem, you see, well, who is his family lineage? Right? the Hebrews, uh, the Shaldeans, the Assyrians, Persians, and Armenians yeah. um, clearly indicating that the biblical line from Shem to Abraham, which we'll you know read about next in yeah. the next uh, episode yep. uh, it flows the descendant line flows from Shem to Abraham from Abraham to Jesus, right so. Yep um interesting nonetheless w- reading these names in, in you know in today's world it, you know you look at it and you might just want to think about skimming over it and they're certainly more important um to the people of those lines than they are maybe today to us but yep. we can certainly see that those people played a significant role yeah. in getting us where we are
2: and that's something that you know, you say like skimming over, that's something that I've been learning because a lot of times when I first would read through just a bunch of names, I'm like, okay, I'll just look at the names and skip by them. But then when you start to really dive deeper into them, you see there's some significance into it. And even in, um, all the way back to, to Noah's sons, we know that if we keep reading on that, um, I don't know, i just thought that's a fun fact, but, um, that jesus came through the uh the line of of shem and mm-hmm. so did obviously david and then we're gonna uh, read our our next episode uh so did abraham so um that's just something that i've been personally learning as i continue to read through these ones because before i would i'll just be honest i would just skip through those i'm like okay let's get to the good stuff but then you miss these these little uh, these little bits so um uh what was i gonna say here um, I don't know, do you have anything that you want to talk about? I have uh, you know, just, um, you know, I, obviously we just read through Noah, it probably would be a okay thing to maybe stop and recognize. I mean, he lived a long, healthy life, 950 years. He lived 350 years after the flood. Um, obviously this is a man great, um, full of, of faith, Uh, but also that I think this story just kind of also recognize is it for me that before this, you know, it's just mentioned as a guy who walked with God, um, this was one who was found righteous, but then also obviously um, moving on, like we know that he's not, you know, clear of sin or a, p- a perfect human being. So even though he's found righteous and he walked close with God, he still made mistakes, I think. Yeah, so it I mean, just it was- helps me helps me to know like, my goodness, was this guy like perfect? Or or man, no, no, he made mistakes too. And that's like we all do, make mistakes. So,
1: Yeah, and I think that points to the sincerity of his heart. And I think what God sees is the heart. Yeah. And the sincerity of the heart is at this stage anyway, before Jesus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what God used to measure a man's righteousness or the ability to be righteous. Right. And so... What's also interesting to me about this is that, um, you know, prior to him building the ark, he worked the land. Yeah, Noah was a farmer, mm-hmm. essentially.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then God, you know, God had a plan for him, obviously, and changed the direction at that stage in his life. And he became a carpenter. Yeah. You know, and you'd have to... I mean, 100 years, you get a lot of time to practice being a good carpenter. <laughs> he obviously was a good carpenter. In the yeah. end, he made the ark, and it worked. It yeah, floated sure until it came to a rest. Oh. Uh, but then we we read and discover that he ends up going back to the land
2: mm-hmm.
1: and becoming a, a cultivator of the ground. A cultivator of the ground. He, yep. you know, he, 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 he uh, planted a vineyard, and and uh, so God brought him back on on that Mm-hmm. Track of life. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to
2: give a, a kind of a quick um, just a little information on for our audience. I just find it interesting. So then even moving into our next episode so that they know. And I just found this interesting that this is where we're at currently is about uh, 2630 BC and for our audience, the great pyramids are just starting to be built in. Is it? Gaza 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 so um, and then obviously it's it's interesting to me that as we move into our next episode two we're going to be talking about the Tower of Babel and the great city so just to help our audience kind of get on track to where we're going to be moving into um, obviously with that we're moving to Abraham as well so are there any questions that came up as as you read through that text at all that jumped off for you
1: No, I, I I don't know that I I, you know, other than what we've already discussed, I I think we kind of, you know, when you when you have a, the lineage and all the names and so forth, yeah, over a piece of scripture that you're studying, um, yep, I just think it's important to to see and recognize that each of those lines or lineage of descent are important, yeah, and so I guess we'll get to see just how important in our next episode. Yeah. So, um, well,
2: before we move on, I think we should really quick talk about, uh, you know, what are we going to apply to this? You know, what do we, what do we take from the scripture? You know, even what to our audience, like what has God been talking to you about? What are you going to take from the scripture and then apply it to today? And I think it is for me, that aspect of honor and respect. Um, You know, are we honoring respecting you know not only like for me my my uh, mom and dad but then who in in my life it could be you know someone at work who's in a leadership role you know for me in ministry obviously you pastor dave and then other people in the ministry that i come in um come underneath um uh, their leadership you know and that's that's part of i think humility too is knowing like you know God we I understand God has set up all the different authorities and different levels and uh, God's all the ultimate authority um, and person and top priority but also using the humility of recognizing you know God's put me in this position and I need to come under people's authority and honor and respect them well and in doing that people will do be that for you I was just reading to, uh, this morning of all the golden rule in the New Testament, how, um, you know, that we should treat others as, we should treat others as we would like to be treated. So honor and respect, if you give honor and respect, you'll receive that same honor and respect. So that's the one application point that stood out for me.
1: And I think I would agree with that completely. And I also think, you know, as we read the Bible, um, we do recognize that we are to, operate in humility, seeing others as greater than ourselves, which is an indicator of humility. Right. So, it's, you know, one of the things that we've been known to say is honor is, is the lifeblood of ministry. Mm-hmm. When you enter an atmosphere of honor, or a culture, if you will, of honor, um, because we're not used to it, because yeah. we don't get it in the world, yeah. at least as much as we might like and when we come into a culture that is full of honor and that atmosphere is ripe with honor. Um, we wanna be a part of it. Yeah. We don't want to leave that. And that's the reality of a kingdom mentality.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, Jesus' gospel to the world was the kingdom of God is near you now. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's here, you know. Uh, the kingdom is the realm in which the king is in charge, and it's his domain, yeah. and it's full of honor. And I think that's a huge part of it. So I think that, uh, in and of itself, is probably the main course of the scripture we read today. Mm-hmm. So yeah, All right. What about you, our listening audience? Is there anything that you see that uh, we haven't talked about? that you could apply to your life i would challenge you to consider that to pray about that and to ask god you know what is it
2: yeah
1: um after all you can have knowledge but if you don't apply it then what good what is it, it? Yep. right all right um that being said we want to thank you for being a part of this yeah thank you for being a part of this scott yep uh, fun as always on this journey, Uh, we want to thank you again, our listening and watching audience. We look forward to our next meeting together in episode 12, as we discuss the scattering of the people, the Tower of Babel, and some descendants that fall from Shem to Abraham, as well as talk about the family of Terah, and our ongoing study of the greatest story ever told in the first era, Beginnings. We want to thank you, and God, God
0: bless. Thank you for tuning in to The Bible Breakthrough with Pastor David Engman and Scott Brecky. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and will join us again for more of the Bible from BC to AD. We are a volunteer-driven ministry and rely on you to help us get the word out to the world. Please like this podcast on Facebook, share it to your page, and continue to listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. This has been a broadcast of the Breakthrough Media Network.